Thank God it's Free Range. You are listening to Free Range Radio Friday with your host, Michael Elves. Pour yourself a beverage and turn up the volume because here on 101.5 UMFM, the weekend starts now.
101.5 UMFM's is thank God it's Free Range, the Friday edition of Free Range Radio. I'm Michael Elves, and kicking things off for us tonight, Metric, with a new single called All Comes Crashing. That is from the forthcoming album for Montera. Uh, we got a busy show for you tonight, all sorts of new music. Uh, it's been a really busy week in terms of submissions, uh, but also a uh, really exciting interview I recorded earlier today with the legend Thompson Highway, uh, who has a, a new album of Cree songs called Cree Country. We'll get into that around 7 o'clock. But before that, uh, from Toronto, Jamal Padmore has a new album called Esperanto coming out soon. We're going to play you one of the new singles, Sorted. We've got Gene Karn, a uh, jazz legend, and the latest collaboration with Ali Shahid Muhammad and Adrian Young from the Jazz is Dead series. Local artist Ona Lou, who we'll hope to get on uh, as the full-length album, uh, comes out, but we got a new single from her. Got some Ben Parani and Umusungari is out today with something on World Circuit. We'll get to that in a bit here. Keep it locked. 101.5 UMFM. <laughs>
tutta sin luna La lluvia baña la esquina Y al viejo farol La soledad agazapada Me hace señas Se ríe siempre en mi rincón Estás dormido al lado mío Ángel tranquilo te miro Y me haces pensar que si te tengo conmigo se aliviana mi pesar Cuántos reveses del destino sufrió mi alma callada Y siempre te encontré al lado mío compartiendo lo tuyo Haciéndote mío, siendo mi sostén Los cuentos de hadas llegan siempre a un final feliz Pero en este cuando la vida me quita, me sostiene solo a mí. Saber que estás conmigo aunque se caiga el cielo. Saber que no te asusta la tormenta, mi amor. Saber que si a la suerte se le olvida por un rato. Saber, saber, saber que cuento. Hasta la insolencia de imaginarme feliz Y también perdí las ilusiones inocentes De un equilibrio que dure Y así entendí que solo queda resignarme al destino Cierto que todo cambia porque sí Y siendo dueña de nada Me sostiene solo a mí Saber que se caiga el cielo Saber Que no te asusta la tormenta Mi amor Saber Que si a la suerte se le olvida por un rato Saber, saber, saber Que cuento con un lugar al lado tuyo Donde el miedo no me alcanza Donde mi alma descansa Saber Estás conmigo aunque se caiga el cielo Asusta la tormenta, mi amor Saber que si a la suerte se le olvida por un rato Saber, saber, saber que cuento con vos Que cuento con vos Que cuento con vos Taira, Taira, Taira Está claro que mi casa está con vos que no se rompe esto que hay. 
Back here on Thank God It's Free Range, the Friday edition of Free Range Radio. Right before the break from her new album, Timbuktu, that is on World Circuit, Umu Sungare with Sarama. Uh, ben Pirani with Modern Scene, his take on the Ghost Funk Orchestra's track before that. Unalu with Sabre. Jean Karn with Black Rainbows, the first taste of her collaboration from the new Jazz is Dead 12. Uh, that label, uh, of course, just releasing things sequentially with jazz greats, uh, Adrian Young and Ali Shahid Muhammad's project. Uh, we have got a uh, great interview coming up right after this next song. I spoke with Thompson Highway about his new album, Cree Country, earlier today. Before we get to that, though, Isque and Tom Wilson's new collaboration. This is the first single from it. It's called Long Way Down.
You blew them all to pieces Cause you're a dynamite You don't need to be sorry It's gonna be just fine Cause it's a long way down tonight Mother, mother, mercy Let your hands lead me I can be your vessel I can be your Thompson Highway, author, playwright, legend, and uh, also a songwriter whose new album, Cree Country, is out, and uh, he joins me by Zoom to discuss it. Welcome to the show, Thompson. Well, thank you for having me. I, uh, I'm, I used to go to the University, University of Manitoba myself years ago, and I mean, I transferred to London, Ontario, Right. but I, I started my university education in Winnipeg at the University of Manitoba. Yeah. Well, the radio station so it's, so it's nice to be home. once upon a time was a, was a listening lounge, so I don't know if you ever hung out in the listening lounge listening to records, but... Uh, oh, I remember those records. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're now at the School of Music, but uh, yeah, no, we're, we're still here. Uh, excited to have you on the show to talk about this record. I, I recently heard a, an elder saying the problem with colonization begins with language. Mm-hmm. And in the press release for this album, you write about English being so hierarchical. Yep. And and I I wanted to begin there with the decision to to write all these songs in Cree, and and what that allows you in in terms of storytelling and in terms mm-hmm. of an expansiveness that that English prevents. Uh, well, it's not just English. It's uh, European language languages. Uh, uh, really, uh, French. For, for example, I live in Quebec. I, I, I'm doing this from Quebec, so mm-hmm. I, I live in French. I haven't spoken English in years. Uh, uh, well, basically, uh, my I'm an educator. Okay, I'm not. A, I'm, an, I'm not an artist. I, I've always I did seven years of really hardcore social work among the, in the native community across Canada, and that really moved me. That really changed my life. And ever since then, I've always thought of myself as a community worker mm. who happens to be an artist. Okay, I just do my community work with art, and uh, one and one of the uh, phenomena that I noticed out there as I was working my way across Canada and and have lived in Canada all, pretty well all my life is uh, there's a certain emptiness in there. Uh, there's a certain con- loss, a certain sense of being lost, spiritually uncentered. Because, because people, in order for a, a community to be emotionally healthy and spiritually healthy, their culture, their heart has to be in place. It has to be a healthy place, and one of those, uh, and there, and there's there's ways of doing that, making making a, a community happy is one of them. Uh, making the community laugh is another one of them, 
making them listen to beautiful music is another aspect reading beautiful books a beauty you put you're injecting beauty into a community that's my job mm. and uh so i believe that one of the one of the reasons that one of the weaknesses of recent years has been of course the, the loss of language uh <clears throat> many of us have lost our language i haven't I, I speak it completely fluently i speak uh, like several languages i love languages um and so uh, I noticed the Korean language, there's only about 90,000 speakers left in the world, okay? And uh, that's not very many at all. And it, ha- and it stands a very real chance of disappearing in the next generation. And that doesn't have to be. There are people out there like me who are working very hard to preserve it. And the way I choose to make that contribution to preserve the, the beauty of the Korean language and the wisdom of the Korean language is through music. Okay, I want to, by the time people are finished with this album, they will be singing my songs, and uh, and and uh, even if they don't speak Cree, I have grand I have grandchildren. We were we we're in the car, and we I was, I was listening, to, listening to Brazilian music, which I brought back from Brazil. I go to Brazil a lot. I used to pre-pandemic times, and uh, before you, they're French kids living right here, and well, French English, and uh, <clears throat> and before you knew it. The music was so catchy that they were singing in Portuguese. The, they didn't know what they were saying, but they were singing the language. And I was astonished by that. And that's that's what I intend to do is, uh, to, to, with, this, with this album and with others like it. There's others coming. In fact, there's one coming up uh, this summer, another one. Uh, it's, I want kids to be, to be singing these songs. I want adults to be singing these songs. I want everybody to be singing these songs before they know it. Yep. And that's one way of preserving the language. Right, and the, the the engagement kind of supersedes the ears and goes straight to the heart in some way. That's right, absolutely. Music, and that's the, and that's the power of music. You know, music is the only truly universal language in the world, and it's really, really true. I mean, we listen to all kinds of music. We're in, as North Americans, as as poor North Americans, we listen to Brazilian music. You know, uh, music from India, music from uh, Japan, just everywhere, and. Uh, and it doesn't matter whether we understand the language or not. We still love the music. That that music still has has the ability to change, to affect our hearts, to affect our emotions, and therefore to affect our lives. And uh, and the other aspect of the my linguistic activism, as I call it, is that I believe that uh, we are musicians are contributors to the beauty of the world in the sense that the world is full of sound. And in order for the world to be a healthy place, we have to make that sonic environment a healthy place. Imagine a world where the, the, loon, the call of the loon has disappeared, or a world where the, the howl of the wolf has disappeared, or and the, and the chirping of chickadees. Imagine a world without those sounds, without the, all those musics. Uh, we can't have a world like that. You know, that, I think that, that, that would be truly the, the spiritual, that would mean the spiritual death of the planet when all these sounds disappear. And, and Cree, to name one native language, is a part of that sonic landscape. It's a unique uh, sound, unique to Canada. Mm-hmm. And, and like, I, I, I was a polar bears, and uh, I've read about lizard, lizards disappearing. Uh, there's a very, few, very, very few lizards that stand a chance of surviving the next generation. We have to save those things because they contribute to the planet and uh, and in terms of the, the native languages in North America, which are many, over the, easily about 100 in Canada alone, Cree, Cree just happens to be the most spoken one. Every language in the world has a, holds a secret to the, to, the, to the health of the world 
and uh, um, they uh, like they, they say that botanists tell us that there exist in the jungle about a million plants or probably more than that, each one of which holds a secret to, to, the, to the physical healing of the planet, whether that, that, that ailment is cancer or AIDS or COVID-19 or malaria or cholera. You know, there's, there's ingredients in those plants and in the Amazon jungle that hold the key to the survival of the people. And that's the same thing with, uh, with, uh, with sound, you know, with, with languages. The cream, for instance, holds this, the secret to certain things that are inconceivable, that, are, that cannot be seen by the English language. And one of those things, for instance, that I find really remarkable because I've been studying this material for years now, is that in English, very much so, God, the divinity, the idea of divinity is definitely masculine. God is male, and that's all there is to it. The idea of divinity in female form disappeared from the uh, from the English language a long time ago, and there are historical reasons for that. And uh, there are many other languages like that that operate according to a masculine model. And Cree and native languages in general are are the opposite. You know, when 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 God when the Christian God arrived in North America in 1492, the question we have for him, we had that for him and still do, is why did you come alone? Where's your wife? Where's your girlfriend? Where's your mistress? You know, like what do you do? You know, uh, for sex? Um, and the answer is nothing. There's no. There's a big hole there. There is. There is no mother. There's no divine. Divinity and female from in that, in that super structure, if I may call it that, and the, the the native languages of this planet, and it's not just North America. We're talking South America here too, etc. Is divinity in female form exists elsewhere in other languages, and and the reason why the planet is very coming very very close to dying, quite literally. I have grandchildren who my grand my our daughter is saying my my grandchildren are eight and eight and ten. They're saying, she's saying that this is the end. My, my children are not going to have children. Your children are not going to have children. This is the end because the patriarchal influence of the male God has been so overwhelming that it is about to destroy the planet and there will be no future generations for us to enjoy. And <clears throat> we have to do whatever we can to preserve the planet for future generations. And one of them is languages, not just Creek, but all languages. And that's why I do what I do. The... The root of the album. I'm, I'm curious. Was it songs like like melody that came first to you, or well, or was it the, uh, like story like the stories that you wanted to tell within the the lyrics? Oh man, it's a complicated it's a it's a complicated uh, question for me because it's it's, it's complex. Uh, the answer is the, the question is complex. The answer is complex. Right. But I'm a, I have an extraordinary musical education. Uh, we started off in northern Manitoba, close to Nunavut, which is where I'm from. <clears throat> Up there, and when I was growing up, uh, which is way before you were born, uh, there was no electricity up there. And it's, there still isn't, to tell you the truth, where I come from. I come from nowhere. I come from the forest. Uh, I was born on the land. My father was a caribou hunter. We traveled by dog sled. That was the only method of travel in the wintertime. And uh, <clears throat> so there was no electricity. The only ele electricity we, get, we had, there was no electric light, there was no television, there was no electronic com communication. The only system, of, the only electricity that we could access was if we were lucky enough to have a transistor radio, which in those 
they functioned on one battery and, 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 it, and it only functioned late at night and only if you hung it, hung it up from a tree. The higher up you hung, you hung it, the better the reception. In the daytime, there was no reception. And interestingly enough, I've been told that the, the most powerful radio tower in, the, in, the, in, in, at least in North America, came from Nashville, Tennessee. And so we got music from Nashville all the time. We grew up with the sound of Kitty Wells and Hank Williams and Patsy Cline and mm. Hank Lachlan and, and so on. All this music, these were our gods. We loved the music. It would seep into our blood and we sing it. We sang it. We sang along with Kitty Wells and Patsy Cline. And so uh, being a country be, uh, music being a part of our blood comes from that experience. And so we've, uh, uh, we've adopted it. It's now part of us. And so for me to want to write melodies that, that, that speak country was natural. It was a natural uh, uh, event in my life. And uh, then on top of that, much later on in life, I became a, I'm a classically trained pianist. I studied music for years and years and years. I have a, a degree in music. That's what I was studying at the University of Manitoba, School of Music, as you mentioned. I was a student there for a number of years before I transferred to Western in London, Ontario, which is where I graduated with a music degree. Uh, I, uh, so I, in order to, get, to earn a musical degree, I'm a pianist. So you had to uh, play all the forms of music. You had to play chamber music. You had to play Beethoven. You had to play Brahms. You had to play German leader, Rachmaninoff. Opera, you had to accompany opera singers. We had to play chamber music. I had a chamber trio with a, I was a pianist. I played with a cellist and a violinist. So I grew up observing all this extraordinary music and getting to know it intimately. For, so for me to write a sonata, for instance, or a fugue in the style of Johann Sebastian Bach, I learned that craft as a very young man and it's in my blood. And so for me to construct a melody and the, and, the, and, the, and the great melody makers, to my mind, are the Italians. You know, the, uh, the Italian operatic composers like Giuseppe Verdi and, and Giacomo uh, Puccini and uh, Vincenzo Bellini and so on and so forth. Those are the people who taught me how to write, how to construct a melody that, was, that made structural sense and that, that hooked your heart. And so putting all these elements together through the course of a lifetime, uh, it was a natural progression. So now I, uh, I, I became a playwright along the way. So nobody would produce my play, so I produced it myself. So I could never afford to, uh, meaning I, I paid everybody out of my own pocket. I became very poor, but very happy. Um, <clears throat> so I paid everybody out of my own pocket and I, uh, oh, my credit card was, I lost my credit card. I had one, card, one credit card back then. Anyway, but and I could never afford to write, hire musicians to play the incidental music in my plays. So I'd write the stuff myself. And frequently I'd end up on stage myself playing the piano to my own shows. And so after many years of doing this sort of stuff, the marriage of text and music, because I kept adding text into this experimental music I was writing, the, uh, the marriage of text and music got closer and closer and closer. So that all of a sudden I woke up when I was about 42 years old and realized that I was writing songs. This marriage of text and music had become songs of musicals. And I love musicals of any kind. I love opera, I love Gilbert and Sullivan, I love Broadway musicals. Rodgers and Hammerstein are one of my favorite composers. Uh, so to write and quote Weil, 
big hero of mine, Cole Porter, another big hero of mine, and, and, and the German leader composers like Robert Schumann, uh, Franz Schubert, and the French people like uh, Ravel and Faure and Debussy, all that stuff soaked into me so that now at my ripe old age, I believe I do have the ability to write music every bit as sophisticated as that in structure and every bit as beautiful. And so all the stuff came together and now I write musicals and I write in whatever style I'm asked to do. And, and so today that's how I make my living. So that's the complicated answer to your complicated question. For sure. Well, it's an appreciated answer. The collaboration with Patricia Cano, who's the vocalist mm-hmm. on this record, as I understand it, you, you first came together to do a cabaret in 2001, is that correct? Uh, around that time, yes. Actually, the first time we ever worked together, she was I, I was teaching at the University of Toronto, mm-hmm. and uh, she was in the drama department. And at that year, the drama department decided to mount one of my plays, which happened to be a musical. And she was the best singer in the, in the class, and so she got the principal role. Uh, of, uh, and uh, so she was the star of the show, effectively. And that she, and she was uh, still, still rough, not quite developed yet, but she, she was only 19, I think. Uh, but she was good. You could tell she was talented. And she's honed that talent over the years, and now she's become this, um, this world-class musician who is just a fantastic artist to work with. And she is aces, and it's a pure pleasure to work with her. I, I, that's how I, I met her at, as an adult at the University of Toronto. But she's from Sudbury, Ontario, which is where my partner is from. Uh, and uh, and in, in Sudbury, the two families knew each other, my partner's family and her family's, her, fa- her family, they, they knew each other. And so she grew up with, with uh, the, the cousins of my, my partner, who were a little girl at the time. And so I met her as a, six, a six-year-old at a Christmas Eve uh, celebration. Hmm. And so I've known her for a long time, and I watched her develop as a musician and as an artist, and she is absolutely brilliant. Did you know, for instance, said that she didn't speak a word of Cree? She, her, her, maiden, her, her mother tongue is actually Spanish. Her parents are from Peru, Lima, Peru. And she was born just at a nick of time in Sudbury, conceived in Lima, born in Sudbury, Ontario. It was that close. And so she grew up in Spanish at the house. She uh, went to a French school, not a French immersion school, but a French school in Sudbury, Ontario, which is one of the most bilingual cities in Canada outside of Quebec. Uh, and she played in English on the street. So by, from age three, she was already trilingual. She spoke, she speaks, she spoke three languages fluently by the, by the time she was three. And so later, and what that does for you as a child, which is, which is, so, which is why it's so important to make your child bilingual or trilingual, trilingual now, is uh, it gives you the capacity as an adult to absorb other languages just like that. And so she speaks, she sings in Portuguese because she's done work in Brazil, uh, like I, as I have. And, uh, and now she's singing fluent, fluent, perfect Cree. And, uh, and the reason I hired her to do the CD is because, again, I was primarily responsible for the production of the CD. And I had to, uh, I could only afford to hire who was, who was there. By rights, I should have sent for my singer in northern Alberta to come and sing in Toronto which is a plane ticket that costs about $700 return. Mm-hmm. And I would have had to put her up at an apartment in Toronto for a month. I would have had to uh, double her salary because when you hire out-of-town artists, you have to give them a per diem. Uh, and, 
and you have to find an artist who is really, really good in the recording studio, which is another kettle of fish from performing on stage. So I could only afford so much. You know, I'm not, I'm not a rich man, and so I hired what I could, what was there at my doorstep, and that's how she came into the fold, and that's why I continue working with her because she's right there, she's right next door, and uh, so I, 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 I work a lot, of, a lot with people like that because. I'm based in Toronto mostly, or I was for many years and still am. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I, I cannot fly in people from northern Manitoba to come and sing for me. That, the plane ticket from where I come from, northern Manitoba to Ottawa, is about $2,000 return ticket. And I can't afford that. So I hire people right in my doorstep. And if, they, if I have to, if I have to, I will teach them Cree and they will end up singing in Cree because I have no choice. And also, you have to remember that I'm getting on an age and that I only I have only a limited, limited amount of time left on the planet. So I could be, well, let's put it this way. I could be dead in the next 10 years. Okay? I just turned 70. If I'm lucky, I have only another 10 years of work left in me. And it's getting late. I only have so much time to, to, uh, to disseminate the Cree language as much as I possibly can in my own way. And that's the time I have left and I'm working very, very fast to do all that work. I have to imagine as much as there's like logistical or financial reasons for not bringing in a, a singer, having this working relationship with Patricia over several years also makes it easy to understand that she'd be able to do this record with you. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. we've worked so closely for so many years. We've done shows all over the world, cabaret shows. Eh? And uh, she's just honed her skills. She's become better and better all the time. And uh, so it's pure pleasure to work with her. We're so, we work together now so instinctively. Like, you know, like, I don't know if you sing, but uh, <clears throat> singers, you know, when, they hold, when Celine Dion holds a long note, she's not just holding it. She's counting for the precise number of seconds that she has to hold that note before her orchestra stops and the, and the orchestra and she had to stop at the precise same time. A lot of singers with, with, minimal, with, not, with minimal experience don't even know how long to hold a note because they can't count. Uh, there's tricks to the trade, yeah? and And, uh, and uh, all kinds of tricks to the trade, breathing, how long you're going to hold a note on one breath. And over the years, Patricia has extended that, that, that capacity to hold a note longer than most singers. And the reason behind that is because she studied in Korea with Korean drummers, and they have this method of singing over there where you so, develop the, you develop your lungs and your breathing capacity to, to such an extent that you can hold a note for for a whole page of music if need be. And she knows how to do that. She paid for it, and so to work with people with those kinds of skills, that kind of pedigree, musical pedigree, is a is pure pleasure. It's a privilege. And I can't wait to work with her again and work with other people like that because the musicians that I work with as well, the guys that you hear on the CD, oh my God, they're the best in the world. So, and I had a good producer, which is the key. The producer, principal talent of a producer is to be able to go out there and hire the best people for any, any given project, the best combination of uh, musicians. To, to achieve your vision. Country yeah, this one, this one, like uh, this project required country musicians. We have great jazz musicians in Toronto, and I've worked with them in the past, and I love them very much. But we wanted a sound, and so these musicians, uh, who are just really nice guys, on top of that, they've worked with people like Buck Owens in Nashville, uh, people like Tommy, the steel guitar player was Tommy Hunter's 
exterior library for 20 years, uh, Steve Smith, uh, the fiddler from Sudbury, Ontario. Oh my God, they're just the best, the best. And a drummer, somebody who can drum like that and make that make drums sound like that. Uh, he that's that's experience. You know, he, I think he he played with Gordon Lightfoot. Uh, somebody else, oh, the bassist was the bassist. I think still is the bassist for Katie Lang. People of that caliber. I get my producer got them for me through connections of his, and I get the privilege of hearing my music played by them. So have the, the battleist. They're the ones who make me me sound good, and I thank them with every ounce of my being. Yeah, there's some really nice, like relaxed waltzes on this record. That, like, yes. when you talked about you know he hearing the the Nashville station on on the transistor radio. Yeah, that's that's where I got that music. Yeah, I, I feel like you 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 could hear this record, and and it does not sit out of place with any of those kind of records that you've mentioned. Absolutely, yes. You know, um, the funny thing about it, there's all kinds of really interesting little stories around that with my experience regarding my experience with music. But uh, because we only had one battery up there, and the closest store is what four hundred miles to the south of us. The only the only method of travel is dog sled in the wintertime back then, dog sled, and and in the summertime bush plan. Canoe travel is very very slow, uh, but bush plan you can you can go from uh, my area to Little Lake Manitoba in the space of an hour or so. So anyway, but you can't do that just to go get a battery. When the battery ran out, it was dead, and we had no other batteries. We had no store to get another battery. So you know what people used to do. <laughs> We, they used to take the battery out of the transistor radio and put, put it in a boiling pot, pot of water, a boiling saucepan of water on the campfire because we did all the all cooking outside. Mm -hmm. And they boil the battery for half an hour and stir it like, as if we were stirring a soup. And lo and behold, a, a, a battery boiled for half an hour comes back to life. And that's how we extended the life, the lifespan of those batteries. So people, the story is not known, but we have secrets to all these incredible incredible uh, things you know we had quite the life quite the life yep sounds like it thompson before i let you go i want to get you to pick a song off of the record that we can share with listeners and if you have a reason why you're picking that song in particular or an anecdote about it i'd love to hear that <coughs> well uh oh man it's hard to pick but I, i'll pick uh, the fourth one uh, track number four uh, i like i have a particular liking for this one because I, I wrote this song get this this is me and my my music making okay you know what? I wrote this song. It's a country song, yes, but you know where I wrote it? Because of my schedule, my travel schedule. I wrote it on a beach in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, and uh, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a full moon night right by the water. Noted, right by the noted water. source I, of country songs, Brazilian Yeah, beach. and uh, yeah, that's where I, I, I write Brazilian music too. And I write it very well because I spent so much time down there. I love Rio de Janeiro with all my heart. I speak some Portuguese. I speak bad Portuguese, but I speak it nonetheless. Uh, but, uh, and also the reason I like this, because so, so Brazil, that beach in Brazil is my favorite beach. It's outside of, it's just outside of Rio de Janeiro, 12 kilometers of golden sand. And when you're there at the right time, at the right, on the right day, at the right time of day, you're by yourself. You'll have like four kilometers of beach to yourselves and you sit on these tables. And I had my notebook with me and I wrote the song right there. And uh, so that's why I, it's particularly close to my heart because I hear that. It's called the waves. When the waves of the ocean—that's that, what he sings. She sings in Cree, and uh, and uh, and the reason I, and the other reason I like this is because the piano player. Uh, I don't play the piano. I just I was just a songwriter for this for this CD. But the piano player was a guy from uh, from Coburg, Ontario, just north of Toronto. His name is uh, Steve O'Connor. 
And I just love his honky-tonk piano playing, and that's why I choose this one to play. This is the one that translates to When the Wind Sings. That's it, yep. Yeah, and I have to say, I was especially struck by this this song because it, it does, uh, like, it, it's very breezy, that the the wind... Yeah, yeah that's right. That, that, that I wrote the lyrics in English first, and I was the first. I couldn't get the lyrics. I could, the music was written first. I always do that. I always write the music first, and I add the lyrics later. And it just and and it was the the waves are coming in from the South Atlantic, and that full moon was just beginning to rise. And the words that came to me in English, the words go, "When the when the waves of the waves of God's blue ocean stop demanding demanding God, your devotion, uh, blah blah blah." And the moon and the waves, the waves, the waves washing up, and so you have that feeling of water waves washing up on a beautiful beach. And I grew up on beaches in northern Manitoba, which looked like Brazil. Mm. Unbelievable beauty in northern Manitoba, which will never be seen by anybody except us because it's impossible to get up there. It's inaccessible unless you're into extreme sports like three-month canoe trips, you know. Mm. But uh, but anyway, that's why I picked this up. Well, wonderful. We'll give that one a listen. Uh, the entire album is called Creek Country. Thompson, thanks very much for taking some time to talk about it. Well, thank you so much for having me on your show. And you have a beautiful voice. Did you know that? You, do you sing? I, I used to. Yeah, I used to sing in choirs. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Beautiful.
Well, I used to see my mother doing a lot of beat work. And she used to, my dad used to dance power and she had to make all those things, you know, like, you know, you see lots of beads on the shirts and or their moccasins or on their pants, they're like that. She had to do all that, you know. I remember Coco's stories And all the time she spent with me The smell of panic in the oven The kettle whistling for her
baby being blue oh, When it comes to me and you It's always on the menu So sit down Cause I'm gonna be the only one Falling apart right now
days fly and you think that you might have gone limp I don't know what I did My legs give out and drag you right into my life But I don't want you to die My arms fly out and I feel like you just might Want to give this a try So you long so blind So consumed by this feeling of dread And your skin can't feel out It folds and sinks into the ground And the sky turns red You bleed in and out from the bottom of your feet and hands And they put you up on a pole Now you're crying cause you can't let go As your body sinks into the ground And your hands are getting tied and bound You're giving up, I'm giving up Cause I don't know what's left to believe And I don't know what's left to believe in And I don't know what's left to believe And I don't know what's left to believe And it's hard in pale skin Solid Title track to the new Francis of Delirium EP, that was The Fun House. Before that, Jill Lorian with This Rock. We had a new single from the Sadies, Cut Up High and Dry, and uh, rumor has it that band is coming to Folkfest. Of course, Dallas Good having passed away earlier this year. uh, Kind of a tribute tour that will be taking place. Uh, We had Wilco with a new single called Falling Apart Right Now. Uh, That's from a forthcoming record, uh, from a brand new record, Trendigugate, with Kokum Stories from a Place to Call Home. We started that whole set off with Thompson Highway and Patricia Cano's When the Wind Sings from Creek Country. My thanks to Thompson for some time today. Uh, I'm going to leave you with a couple tracks before we hand things over to After 8 Radio. From New York, uh, we've got Death Hags with This Infinite Mind from Big Grey Sun, number four. And brand new out today, Lydia Purseau's Moody 31, a track called Unsung Caught My Ear. And uh, we'll give you a little spin of it uh, here before we hand things over. We'll be back next Friday here on Thank God It's Free Reach.
Distance. I don't want to be abused. Whoa. 